Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome again to another edition of the What is Truth radio show. Right here with you, Sunday morning, 7 o'clock. We say good morning. Hope it's a beautiful day for you. This is Pastor Mike uh, in the studio along with our truth panel. We have uh, Mark Sassy, our evangelist, a street preacher, researcher. Good morning. And John D., our street preacher, also a researcher, an evangelist, and, and, a, a, and a good man of God. And we've all been studying the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And the past few weeks, we've been working through a book in the New Testament called The Acts of the Apostles. And in The Acts of the Apostles, what's happening is uh, God the Father... And Jesus Christ, both sitting on the throne of heaven, are working with people to build the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus had promised Peter, I will build my church. And in the second chapter of Acts, we see Jesus using Peter to start the building of the church. Preaching. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And with preaching. Mm -hmm. And, And we see the preaching going on chapters 2 through seven, they're focused in the city of Jerusalem, the city where they had crucified the Lord. And in the goodness of God, he's giving a second chance to those people very shortly after the event, what had just happened, like 50, 60 days ago. Right. And this is, as he says in the book, in the yeah. Bible, he says, you've killed all my prophets mm-hmm. and now they've killed his son. Yes. His beloved son. And and, and he's still giving them another chance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the heart of God. God, The heart of the God of the Bible is he wants to reach down and take one thing from you, your burdens. Amen. Not your money. He wants your burdens. And the greatest burdens we have are the burdens of discouragement, depression, uh, sins that we've committed, things we've, wrong choices we've made. And we look at the landscape of our life through the rearview mirror and go, I didn't expect to be here. I made some wrong turns. It's been a mess. And he says, look, I'd I'd like to take these burdens. I'd like to clean them up. I'd like to join in the ride with you and give you the right direction. Right, right. But, but you know, unfortunately, our wonderful God got a second chances and and what he'll do for us. Uh, Because of that position that he takes, many people, I think, think he's a patsy. Uh, They think he's, uh, he's weak or... He's all loving and, and uh, y- y- people need to understand this is serious business. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He is kind. Yeah, he is merciful. Absolutely. But we were talking before we went on the air. He's you the listen, judge. Fo- yeah, folks, we t- come to come to Bible study over here. Learn the end of the story because that same loving God, right, once once he puts the hammer down, once he says this is it, is going to be nothing like the one you see in the Bible. Well, right here. a lot of people are not expecting God's judgment to fall. Right, they're just going through life day by day, thinking everything's just going to continue on. And and an easy example of this is I remember this one Christian brother. He was going door to door near his church. This is a true story. So his name was Jim, and he's knocking on doors, inviting people to come to the church. Right, and uh, he knocks on this one door, and this really rough-looking guy comes. He's got a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other. He hasn't shaved in about a week, and he looks pretty rough. What do you want? Right. 
And uh, this guy, Jim, he says, well, we'd like to invite you to the church and we've got this and this and this and that. We're doing Bible study. He goes, but, you know, we just want to find out if you qualify. And the guy goes, what do you mean qualify? What do I have to qualify to come to your church? And Jim says, well, anybody that comes to our church has to be a sinner. So if you're a sinner, then you would qualify to come to our church. And the guy was stunned. And he didn't know what to say. But that's the truth of the matter. God's looking for sinners to come to him. And like Pastor was just saying, he wants you to, he wants your burdens. And here in the Acts of the Apostles, where again it's fifty days before the Lord had been crucified, he ascended up to heaven. The day of Pentecost came, Pentecost fifty days later, and here's God's Spirit coming into Peter, and the men are preaching the gospel. And there were a number of sinners in Jerusalem who 50 days earlier had said, crucify him, crucify him. And and there they are. And God's giving them a second chance. Amen. Uh, That's the goodness of God. Now, as we're reading through, you know, God works with them all the way through the seventh chapter, which may have been a year or two or three. I'm not sure on the exact time how long it is. But by the end of the seventh chapter, uh, he sends his final prophet to them, uh, a, a beautiful man named uh, Stephen. And and he goes and he goes right back to the temple. He speaks to the high priest. He gives them a beautiful sermon in the seventh chapter about the history of the nation that the high priest was born into. He was born into Israel. Yes. He's a Jewish man. And he tells them great stories about Abraham, the father of the Jews, about David. He tells stories about Moses. He keeps reminding this Jewish man that the entire history of the very men you look up to all stumbled in their life. Even though you look at them, I mean, we look at, uh, let's say, George Washington is a great man, or maybe Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in this century, well, the past century, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, looking at what they consider to be great men. But the truth of the matter is every one of those men had hardships in their life, made mistakes in their life. If we could raise them from the dead, they would say, I did this wrong. I made a wrong choice here. Right. I mean, and he's showing the, the priests, every one of these men needed a second chance God wants you to take this second chance. And at the end of the chapter, instead of receiving it, they get ready to stone him. And he says, you're stiff-necked and you're uncircumcised in heart and ears and you're resisting the Holy Ghost. And, and of course, uh, they got real mad yeah. and, they, and they stoned him. Yeah. And they killed another one of God's prophets. He was the first martyr for the church. That's right. Stephen. And uh, they... It, it says that they, uh, in, in the next chapter, at the beginning of 8, in verse 2, it says, Devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting, I mentioned this to you earlier, that uh, if you go to this famous verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, yeah. that's the commission, the great commission. That's what Jesus out. said on that last day before he ascended to heaven. He yeah. called them all and spoke to them. And what did he tell them, And Jesus tells them, he says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now that's Acts 1, verse 8. But in Acts 8, verse 1, we see that the church has been growing here for for seven chapters, right? And then here's this Acts 8, 1, and Saul was consenting unto his death. 
speaking of Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So my point on that is that they... Jesus was persecuted yes. when he was here yes. and they took him all the way to the cross yes. and his followers are now being persecuted in the early, early years of the church, the early time of the church. Yeah. And uh, it's because they're doing the right thing. I well, believe. I think when Jesus said one time to, I can't remember what group of his disciples, to, he said, take up your cross and follow me. And a cross is uh, a burden. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have burdens. And one of the burdens you're going to do have when you follow Jesus Christ is not the burdens of the mistakes you've made in your life and the mess you've made, but the burden of following Christ. People are going to persecute you. You're going against the crowd. The rest of the crowd is looking for ease and pleasure and idleness and money and fun. And Christ is looking to take people to his father and march them you said there were devout men, yes. devout men carrying their cross in an opposite direction, going toward the Lord, eternity and holiness. And even though the Christian burden is a burden and there's persecution, yes. it's a light burden. And I tell people all the time, the gospel is good news. Yes, it's good news. I've even yeah. had police officers. What, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, this is good news. And we're yeah. giving the good news out to everybody. And you know what? If, if people receive it, the community would be much better for it. Now, so. in the eighth chapter, when they leave Jerusalem, they start following those marching orders. And now they're out there in the other regions of Judea, the villages, and they're reaching north to the next uh, neighboring county or country, uh, Samaria. And they're preaching there. And the word of God is going out. There's some interesting things that happen, one of which is uh, the angel of the Lord tells another, uh, tells a Philip to go out and to find a man uh, reading the Bible, but didn't know exactly what it was reading. I remember the first time I read the Bible, I didn't exactly know what no. I was reading. I Amen found it to that. A, a, it's a different book. Yes. It's a different book than any other book. I mean, all the other books are written by men. And although men did pen these words, it was God guiding them. And it has a different spirit to it yes, and a different flavor to it. Yeah. And so he's reading it and he says, I don't fully understand what I'm reading. How can I understand uh, except some man guide me? Uh, Philip, would you uh, come up and sit with me and guide me? And, and Philip gets up and Philip begins to preach Jesus and shows him any place in the scriptures that you read, you can find a portrait of God's son. Because yes. Jesus said, search the scriptures. He said, and they testify of me. me. That's right. And so that's what a good teacher will do. A good teacher if you go to a church today, he'll say, let's open the Bible. And then in the midst of that message, he'll show where Jesus is found in that chapter. Amen. Well, that's what you would expect to find in a church. That, that a church right. should be teaching the Bible. Yes. And if you spend an hour in a church and they never open the Bible, something's seriously wrong. Yes. Because it's about, it's all about the Lord. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and if they open the Bible and it's current events centered, as opposed to Christ centered, it's off kilter. It's out of focus. Yeah. Yeah. And we noticed this situation with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, chapter eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In Acts chapter eight, he, he asked a question, the eunuch in verse 34, he asked Philip and he says, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man. He's saying, is this Isaiah speaking about Isaiah himself 
Or who's he talking about here in this okay. section of the scripture? Right. And Philip began to preach unto him Jesus. So he's explaining to him that this is about Jesus. The prophet was told 600 years before the birth of Jesus by God the Father, I'm going to give you some things to write that are going to be about my son. And there they are, even though his name isn't mentioned. If you go back in that chapter, you won't find the name Jesus. Right. You won't find the name, word Christ. You won't find Bethlehem in there. You won't find uh, Nazareth in there. But you'll read the portion about a man who's suffering and a man uh, and talking about Christ suffering on the cross. Yeah, I mean, he's reading stuff like he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, there, like yeah. a lamb dumb before his shear, right? And his humiliation, his judgment was taken away and his life is taken from the earth. So... When he understands, at this point, when you, the eunuch, he understands, oh, this is about Jesus. Sure. Jesus of Nazareth. Yes. And that just happened. Yes. And when he understands that, it, verse 36, as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I think he's asking that question because he believes now, he understands the beginning, Yeah. and he understands that it was Jesus who... Isaiah wrote this 700 years ago. The prophet wrote this long ago, yeah. and now it came to pass. It's kind of like, maybe you had this in John in your experience working in business, uh, Mark, in the work you've done, even in the work I did in the old days. You know, you're, you're thinking about a problem, and you're, how am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to solve this problem? Uh, I got to take care of this problem at work. Mm -hmm. You go home, you sleep on it, you wake up, you're trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden you have that eureka moment yes. where you go, I got right. it. I got, you know, well, here's what's happening here. The, the Philip is explaining to the eunuch, the prophet was writing about Jesus and it's like he got the eureka, the illumination. Wow. Right. He, two plus two. I got it. Yes. Right. Hey, can I be baptized too? I think it, it, it says so much. I, this passage here uh, was instrumental to me. When, yeah. I, when I early in my walk in reading scripture, because I had trouble, just like the eunuch, who's saying this? Right. Is it God? Is it Isaiah saying it about himself? And then, and then, as you, but you have to have a guide, a, a good teacher. Yeah. You, you need. You really. You really do need a, a good teacher. At least it will get you get you through the church, and the Lord will provide that good teacher. Oh, if you he's really, faithful. If you really yeah. want that, but that's when, Mike, you said the book is spiritual, and you say. Men don't write like this. No, in, in, like when you <laughs> no, when you write don't. Isaiah, when you read Isaiah, men men don't write like that. And it takes it takes prayer. Yeah, well, it, it takes it, it takes, takes, takes thought. A, it takes a new birth too. It, it does because it does. you have to have a heart for it. Because there's a there's a natural birth, a natural life, mm -hmm. right? A, a physical life. But then the second thing is that there's a spiritual life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that spiritual life is what's talked about with the new birth. And in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But the natural man, that's the old man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Yeah, right. So it takes, like what you're saying, John, mm -hmm. it, it takes a, a good teacher, Mm -hmm. It takes uh, the, the Bible. The right Bible. You need the right Bible. You need the King James Bible mm -hmm. so that the words aren't ripped out or changed. Right. But it also takes a new birth. I can testify to that, that when I was trusting in religion and I was lost, I read through the Bible parts of it, and it was just gobbledygook in yeah. some places yeah. Yeah. to me. Yeah. And then after I got saved, I read through the same section, and I swear... I swear, I read through parts of Romans, and I was just like, wow, this right. is amazing. Right, right. And right. I didn't get it before. No. 
And that wasn't no. even with a teacher. That was just the Lord showing me through his word in my bedroom. And I'm like, how did I not see this before? Because I wasn't born again. That happens to me every time, every year in my Bible reading. There's something, it'll be deeper. Amen. It'll be deeper, For but I'll sure. find something. I said, how did I not how see did I that, miss that? Yeah, all these years? Well, that's yeah. part of the growth process. Yes. That's an amazing thing. But I understand what you're saying. Before you are saved. I remember there was a, a nurse I took care of years ago down at the Sheehan. And she was a Christian and I wasn't. And she was worried about me and she bought me a Bible and presented it to my wife and to me. And my wife said, you ought to start reading this because you've read so many books. And I started reading. I couldn't make head or tails of the thing. It, it made no sense to me because I was a natural man yes. and I couldn't receive the writing of God because it's spiritual and spiritually discerned. And I didn't have the spiritual new birth. I hadn't been born of the spirit. I'd only been born of the flesh Amen. and I couldn't read it. And, and I, I put it aside and I think it was uh, six years later that, that uh, someone brought me to a church where there was a teacher up there with a Bible and he was explaining just like Philip was doing to this eunuch and I was getting it. And, and finally I asked the Lord to be my savior I got that new birth, just like he said, can I be baptized? Can I be saved? And then I went back and read that same portion of the book that I'd read six years earlier, and it made sense to me. Because God was guiding me at that point. Amen. Yeah. 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 I, I think an error, not to bunny trail off, but I'm seeing this a lot lately with new people and, and people that are coming ask me questions. They're looking for themselves in Scripture. Oh, okay. You know, they're looking for how does this apply to me? Okay. How does this apply to me? How does this apply to me? When we all know what applies to you is the gospel, you know, yeah. the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your sins. That's what applies to you. But when they start trying to see, when you start looking for Jesus and everything, and, and how can I, where are you? Where, yeah, where art thou, Lord? Where art thou? Yeah. What is thy will? Amen. Yeah. Okay. That is when you go from being, I think, a baby to a bit of a, uh, you know, uh, maybe a teenager, a young adult in scripture, when you realize it's about Jesus. That's a good point. It's not about you. You know, I, I remember watching um, the television shows in the past and the cameras had a focal length to them. And what you could do is if you had a, a person upstage close to the camera and you had beautiful scenery backstage with a person in back there closer to the scenery, if the camera focused on the guy up front, everything in the back was kind of blurry. Oh, that's right. And only if the camera turned off the guy up front and turned to the one in the back, all of a sudden all the scenery came. And I think when we look for ourselves, we're, we're seeing the near thing because we're nearer to us, mm -hmm. you know, and we're missing all the beauty and the glory of Christ. But when we start looking at the scriptures for Christ and we look back there, we see all the beauty of God's creation. We see the beauty of everything he's done. The, right. the beauty of holiness is found in Christ. That's right. where you need to look. You're right, right John. You, you, yeah. you tend to look for what do I need to do? How do I need to apply it? Um, where am I? I do do that. Or I don't do this. Or right. I can't believe he wants this. And when you can't, <laughs> when you get past that, and you just say, no, this book is... I want to see about book, you, Lord. Yeah, this book is a book about God. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and his grace. Yep. And well, then, I want to learn about... I want to learn. This is what he wants for not only me, but for all, all mankind. of mankind. This, Amen. This is the very mistake that the eunuch made. Who's he talking about? That's right. right. Well, if you realize that Jesus is <laughs> the center of the whole book, that might clue you in that, as that to who he's in. talking about. I wonder right. if the thought in the eunuch's mind momentarily. Let's go back to that question. Um, and the eunuch says, verse 34, 
I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet, of himself or some other man like me? Is he talking about me? Yeah. Maybe yeah. he was thinking that way in his simplicity. Yeah, or himself. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I, was, I love the verse where he said, see, here's water. Um, and I love the word that, he, that the Lord uses. What doth hinder me to be baptized? It's just, right. You know, again, what does hinder? That's, that's a question you think on yourself. What is in the way? But I think What's right there, preventing he's saying, I me get, from being baptized. Right, but he yeah. was at a point right now. Look, I, I believe what you're saying. Sure, I mean, I've been I've been coming here and trying to figure this out. Yep. And, all, and you just connected all the dots. You mean the guy that they, they I heard when I was in town? You know, at at the uh, at the bingo that they they crucify somebody over there. You, that was the Lord. That's that was the one. Yeah. Yeah. Starts connecting all the dots. He goes, Hey, I want what, in what on is, this. You know, what, I want what to be on, yeah. is nothing right. if you believe. Right. So, so you have to ask yourself that. So what, show that again, what's Mark. Hindering you? The key is the key is in verse thirty-seven. This is Acts eight thirty-seven. And Philip said, "If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest be baptized." Yes. Right. And he, and he answered and said, "I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God." So it's a heart condition that God's looking for. In yes. the Old Testament, uh, there was a verse that said, "The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth." willing to show himself strong yeah. on behalf of a heart that's perfect toward his and a heart that believes what God said because what he's believing is what God said through the prophet Isaiah about God's son. I mean, this book is the testimony about God's son. Yes. Yes. It says that in 1 John 5, this and is the record that God hath given of his son. There's nothing better for the human heart than have, have nothing hindering it. Sure. And that's what you get with the peace of Christ. Sure. Yeah. You, you, you might have your own things in, in, you know, in your life, your job and this and that. Yeah. But when it comes to the most important question and you go ahead and you could get everything out of side, you could have that pipeline to your Lord and Savior, yeah. you know, yeah. th with no hindrance in there. Well, it takes faith. It's it a step faith. of faith. Yeah. And, and in Romans 10, it, it says, uh, th this is Romans 10 verse eight. It says, the word is nigh thee. It's the word of faith, which we preach. And he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, which he, he, he just does, did, right? Yeah. And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's what this, just happened to this guy. That's exactly what his just happened. His heart had believed under righteousness, mm -hmm. and now his mouth is saying, I believe, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And mm -hmm. then it continues and says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this eunuch got saved right there. I wonder, you know, on this planet, it's over 8 billion people now on this mm -hmm. planet, over 8 billion. billion. I, I, I doubt that less than 1 billion would say what that guy just said. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So sad. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. God, ma God makes it so simple. He yes. gave us his book. It's been around for 3,500 yeah. years, right? And he gave us his spoken word before that. And yet people believe in all kinds of things other than the savior, you Jesus. Know, and if you look at the gentleman, the pastor we had on last week, uh, pastor Santos from India, yeah. he told us some stories and folks Then um, then he did, um, after the radio, uh, Wednesday night Bible study, he went a little more in depth. Oh yeah. Oh, and some of the things you know, he suffered. Yeah. What amazes me is that this is the book. This is the God. That, that's it. This is the key to salvation. That's there it. is only one. Amen. Sorry, folks. You might have it. Sorry. But if you don't accept it and you don't want to hear it, we don't hit you with a bat. No, we no, don't rape no. you. 
God we believes in you. free choice. But he, well, he, yeah. was saying, he was talking about, yeah, sure he does. But you know, you had this this brother, Pastor Santos, saying last last week that they have to be be aware of other religious cults like the Hindus and all. And then we oh. heard that what they're doing and, and, oh, and the persecution, terrible persecution. Oh, the like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's just like it's my way or no way. God says it in in His Bible. It's His way or no way. But He says He says vengeance is mine. You don't touch these people. Yeah, he 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 but he is pro-choice. Remember Deuteronomy chapter thirty. Yes. I've set before you two choices: life and death, blessing life and, death. and cursing. Right. right, and and you can choose the life in Christ and the blessing of being like this man. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and being part of the Christian family of God. The only way you're part of the family of God is when you're born into it through this confession right here. A spiritual life. In the yeah. heart. Amen. And, you know, even David says in some of the Psalms, and let's read them today, he says, you know, there's always a question, why does the wicked live, Lord? Why does my enemy prosper? Why do they, their, their, their eyes are set and fat? And, and, you know, and you hear, you hear all this all the time. And, but Jesus says they have their reward. This lifetime this, is their reward. This is God. And this is why I, you, 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 I said it earlier. Don't think God is weak. He's saying like this, you have your, you don't want this. You have your word. Cause I'm going to tell you something right now. You could have all the money. Sure. All the prestige. Sure. All the power. Sure. Anything you want. You have the greatest life secularly. That, that, that you could have. And when you're about to take your last breath, you're going to be begging. You're sure. going to be, you're going to yeah. be begging. You're going to be begging. That's why people are afraid that's, to die. That's right. Sure. That's billionaires, right. billionaires, they're yes. afraid to die. But, yes. you know, people, people say, why, you know, and again, even some Christians, and you know, Mike, when we used to have the call-in show, I used to, I used to say, I, you know, the first three words I always hate when somebody comes, calls us is, why does God, <laughs> right, why right. does God allow, why does God, why does God, why does God, why does God, blame God for everything. Okay, thank him for nothing. Well, yeah. they, okay. could read, they could read the book and find out. Well, for it, well exactly. We used to have to deal with that, you know, a lot. But but it but it, it just it's just um, you know, again, it, again, if you if you think that, folks, if you're out there and you say, well, you know, look at all these wicked people, and you know, where is God in all this? They have their life. You got to understand, in God's eyes, life starts when you're with Him. Eternity, sure, life sure. is short. Eternity is forever. Yeah. God's got more. I I feel more thought and more he's going to do with us and for us when we spiritually are with him. Oh, absolutely. This place on earth. But, but people that don't know this think that's, 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 that's this is all there is. It says, and if you got with you and God's a gentleman, he says, if you want to live this way, free will, and this is all you want, you want nothing to do with me, go ahead. Yeah. It, it says but when right the here, bus leaves at the end of time, you're not on it. The Lord's it, coming it, back. It Amen. says it is written. I hath not seen that's right. nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that oh, love man. him. And, and all you show your love for God is when you're saying, I believe what you said in this book. This, this eunuch is believing the testimony of God Amen. in that book about God's dear son. And when he read it and heard it, and Philip explained it to him, he said, that makes perfect sense. Of course, God wouldn't be talking about me, the eunuch, wouldn't be talking about you, Philip. He's not talking about himself, God, through this prophet Isaiah. He's talking about his son, and, and have, he opened his heart have, to it. Have you ever been accused of lying when you haven't in your life? I hate kid? that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, when I was a kid, it was a teenage thing, but it was, it was, it was terrible. Accused of a lie. You know, two people know. 
It was me and someone else. Yeah. I knew the truth. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> Your I, you know, word and, against them. And, but yeah, exactly. And, and um, you're accused of a lie that you didn't do. It's a terrible emotion. It's a terrible, terrible emotion. And you can't defend. So now you have God, listener. When you say, I don't believe this. I think it's a bunch of junk. Basically, you're calling God a liar. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, and Jesus says, that's blasphemy. And God cannot lie. And, and, and God cannot lie. And, and you have to think of what your Savior, what, you, what your God feels that way. And he, and he says, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think it's, I think it's a fable. I think it's a hoax. I think it's this, this, or that. And um, if, just I, think, if I yeah, can yeah. add something to that, I, uh, I guess next, when we we're, start off, we're, yeah. we're, we're at a break point right now in the first half of the What Is Truth show. We're going to be right back after station identification. Grab your Bible, open to Acts 8, and uh, we'll be right back. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Okay, so we were talking about what's going on. Mark, you had a thought. Um, yeah, so John, you were saying that if somebody doesn't believe what God has said and they yeah. don't believe the Bible and they have doubts about it, then it's kind of like calling God a liar. Yes, right? exactly. And, and that's offensive. It's offensive Very to offensive. a person. It's and hurt, offensive and to God. And, and so in this generation that we live, if I look at people from, say, age 90 down, right, the people that are alive today, a lot of those people... It's not the same as 100 years ago when people didn't have TV and movies and they didn't have uh, cell phones and they actually read the Bible and they yes. all had a Bible in their house. It's different in the fact that people in the old days, they understood, hey, you know what? This book is 3,500 years old since Moses' time. Yeah, It's, it's uh, got prophecy where God prophesies mm -hmm. things and then they come to pass and it's been proven over and over and none of those prophecies have ever been wrong. Right, And that is God's signature that he signed his book that you know it's not from some false That's liar. Right. It's yeah. from God Almighty from heaven. Not only that, all of archaeology, any digs that they've ever done, there's never been one archaeological dig that's ever disproved the Bible, ever. That's correct. Right. Okay? That's right. Then on top of that, you've got people who've tried to take this verse and take that verse and say, look, this one doesn't match that one. And they've tried to disprove the Bible for centuries, mm -hmm. and they can't. And all this stuff floating around online, if you see something and it says, well, you know, here in Deuteronomy, it says this, and then in the Gospels, it says this, and how come it's different? Well, check it out for yourself. Don't just believe some liar on, on social media because right. the Bible is true and it stands That's right. uh, for all time. And if you, and if you want to take that, that position, even if you think it in your mind, you, know, you don't have to say it. God knows, knows your heart and you think it's a bunch of hogwash. You're basically calling God. You know what? When that happened to me when I was a kid, you know what I wanted more than anything? I never got it though. Vindication. I wanted the truth to come out so I could sure. say, aha. You see? And all of you that didn't believe me, boy, oh boy. <laughs> I see God. He said, vengeance is mine. Well, he's, he's a gonna, gentleman. He's, he's a gentleman. On. But the vindication, he will. Absolutely. You, you better be careful of his ha ha. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, I, if I can throw one more thing yeah. in there, just another reason why people should really consider the Bible. People, you know, science has talked about millions of years. Anytime there's some National Geographic thing, they got to start out with 10 million years ago, <laughs> this, you know, whatever. And, and the point is, 
the, the earth is 6,000 years old, according to the Bible. Yes. And if you look in the beginning of Matthew's gospel and you look in the beginning of Luke's gospel, you'll see the genealogies that run the timeline, inaccurate timeline of this person and their parents and their grandparents and their great grandparents going all the way back to Adam, to Adam and, and Eve. Eve. That's right. It's right there. And it's it's never, ever been proven wrong because it is true. Sure. So you've got this perfect timeline that runs through the Bible. That's history. Amen. Yes. Amen. You know, Mark, it's funny. I'm, I'm just finishing up um, my reading. Um, I'm in Chronicles hmm. and you get a lot of genealogy there. And I remember when I was a young Christian, you know, you say, why in the world is this in the book? I mean, it's what proof. What is Jedediah? We got this, we got that, we got this, we got, but you know, it's and, proof. but now it, it, exactly that's what it is. That That's what, that's what folks, that's what makes this book real. Yeah. I mean, why would they put it? Because this is a book based on facts. And they, they, they get the genealogy all the way down. And it, it shows you um, books that are out there that are saying the true stories that we read, right? They don't offer genealogies like that. I mean, let's prove it. I mean, are you, uh, is this, are you just an author just trying to make a couple of bucks or is this true? Well, let, give, it, let's, give, the, give it all the way down. Let's consider spiritual books. What if I bring in a Quran next week? Can I do those things that I just mentioned with a Quran? No, I cannot. No prophecy, very little in Quran. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly taken from Bible prophecy that Muhammad had heard when Jews were in his area and Christians were in his area, but nothing original in there at all. And no. it was written in 600 AD. It the was amazing, written way later. And the amazing thing about the Quran, considering it since Moses or no, Muhammad is supposed to be their prophet. Yeah. There's not one single prophecy about Muhammad in the Quran. You think it would have prophesied his birth or his death or nothing. Nothing prophesied about him. He didn't know when he was going to die. He didn't know what was going on. So there's nothing about him in there. And actually, as someone who studied the Quran was showing that the Quran shows in two places where uh, Muhammad sinned, but all throughout the Quran, even at that book, because he got a lot of his information from Jews and Christians, it shows Christ as being sinless, even in the Quran. Yeah. So it, it lifting Amen. up Jesus Amen. Christ. So I'll, I'll end that little mm -hmm. discussion with this. Many times there's been uh, challenges where someone says, if you can disprove the Bible, bring it forth. Let's, let's have a, a sit down debate, counsel, whatever you want to call it. And let's see if you can, let's see if you can break this book and they can't. And, and yet there's been similar challenges with things like the Hindu Vedas, with the, the Muslim Quran, yes. with uh, the, the Book, book of, of Mormon. Mormon. Yep. I, I can show you in the first three pages of the Book of Mormon how it's false and it's not from sure. God. I'm not going to go into it right now, right. but uh, I'll just say this real quick. If anybody's listening and you've got a Book of Mormon at home, take a look in the first few pages of the Book of Mormon and you'll find an a interesting picture of Christ. Yeah. And... Why is it that in the Ten Commandments it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image? Yeah. And yet you're going to have an image of Christ right in the front of the Book of Mormon? So there's some strange things about these other spiritual books, but the Bible stands alone. Amen. So here in, in this, in Acts 8, when uh, the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch who's with Philip, he wants to 
he wants to confess his faith. Yes. He's putting his faith in Christ and he wants to not only he, he gets saved here, but he wants to get baptized, too. And, he, you know, he, he asked the question, what do I have to do before I get baptized? And the answer is, uh, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And that verse 37, that critical answer is ripped out of the modern Bibles. Yeah. It's missing from the NIV. It's missing from the Catholic Bible. It's missing from the RSV and many other modern Bibles. Because if you take that out, then you can twist and change what is required for salvation. Yeah. Right. In other words, what hinders me to be baptized? Nothing. We can baptize you whether you confess Jesus Christ or not. Doesn't matter to us. Right. Okay. Let's, just, let's just dunk you. And you can be a member of our church. That's good enough. But it's interesting what you said in that 37th verse, that key verse, which would be the hindrance if you're going to get baptized uh, before you can get in the water in verse 38, you've got to make the confession of verse 37. But you notice the confession is from the heart. He's believing in the heart. And the confession was not of his sins. I mean, he knew he was a sinner, but his confession was of his Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Amen. it's only the Savior that can give the remedy for sins. Yes. Just confessing sin alone is not sufficient. You can get down and tell another man your sins, but that man can't do anything about it. Amen. You could tell a church your sins, but this, the church can't do anything about it. Uh, you, you could tell a tape recorder your sins. A tape recorder can't do anything about it. It's only when you confess to the Savior, I want you to be my Savior. He can do everything about that problem. Amen. That's called faith. There you go. And the whole book of Romans, if anybody has any questions about this step of faith, read the book of Romans in a King James Bible. It will explain it clearly. It, it takes faith. And so, so what he, happens in the next chapter now? Because that's a great thing. Now we're rolling in. We're rolling on here. Yes. Because God's on the move. Yes. I mean, we're watching the Spirit of God with the people of God, the, the Church of Jesus Christ believers are moving north from Jerusalem. They're going into Judea with the gospel preaching. They're going into Samaria with the gospel preaching. Now they're going to continue going. They're going even further north now. Yes. And in Acts chapter 9, it, it starts out and it says, uh, I'll read like the first nine verses, okay. the first, first paragraph. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, meaning these Christians, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. He's got a warrant mm -hmm. from a judge to go yeah. up and get people and bring them back. Yeah. Okay. That's right. In verse three, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. 
So here we have Saul, who later in the Bible is called the Apostle Paul. Yes. And he meets Jesus, the one he's been persecuting, yes. and his church he's been persecuting. They call this the road to Damascus experience. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. And so this road to Damascus is, he's on this road to Damascus, and he is... He's breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, and he wants to arrest them. He wants to, who knows, torture them, possibly kill them, but he definitely wants to arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. Right? Persecution. Persecution. Yep. And, and yet, he, even, he, even though he is dead set on going after these people, these early Christians, God is still merciful enough to not slay him, but to meet him. Isn't That's right. that interesting? That's right. And he meets him and he he gives him this this powerful light from heaven and he 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 gives him a voice. And it doesn't say that the other people heard the speech or anything. In verse 7 it says the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. Yeah. So they just heard a voice. It might have been Paul's voice. That's my you know. Yeah. But but Paul himself or Saul in this case it's very clear that he has a life-changing experience. He yeah. meets Jesus, and right. he says these couple of things. He says, uh, well, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? That's curious. Me. Because in, in verse 1, he's persecuting the disciples of the Lord. Yes. And Jesus is taking that personally, like, you persecute them. That's like persecuting me, because the disciples of the Lord, Paul will... Jesus explains it, Paul, and he writes it later on in Ephesians. My church. It's yeah. the body of Christ. One body. body. Worldwide yeah. body. Jesus right. is the head, and that's the body. And that's, that's right. like, uh, you're, you're, you're stepping on my toes, or you're cutting the fingers off me. That's that's hurting me. Yes. You, you know, as a side, Mike, when you taught this this book a while ago, I have a, a note over here. It just says inside, it's kind of Saul, Saul. It says, replace Saul, put your name there. You sure? Mm. You know, when you think, listener, and you say, you know, John. John, why persecute thou me? You know, because that's what we're doing. It's hard for thee to kick against the, the pricks. pricks. You're not going to win. Yeah. <laughs> now, what are those pricks? Those pricks are, you know, throughout your life, God has been pricking your heart where you see things and you say, yeah, that's got to be God. That's, that can't be a coincidence. You see things and you say, look at that creation. There's no way that that just happened by some wild chance. It's too planned. It's too organized. It's too perfect. Right. And these pricking things between creation all, all around you and your conscience that God put inside of you, those things are pricking. Yeah. I, I think I think for Saul, one of the things that really pricked his conscience is two chapters ago in the seventh chapter. I mean, uh, two chapters ago in the seventh chapter, when um, Stephen finishes his great speech and he's there at the temple, and we know that Saul at that point, he says later on, in the book of Galatians, that he was studying at the temple. His plan was to be a rabbi. That was the plan of his life. He had been reading the Old Testament like all the people at the temple where the New Testament hadn't been written yet. And uh, He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, he called yeah, himself. Yeah, he was a Hebrew of the yep. Hebrews. And so he's reading all these things, and he's standing with all these religious people. He just heard uh, Stephen's preaching about the second time how God needed to maybe take two times to get to Moses, two times to get to David, two times to get to Abraham. And Saul's thinking on these things, and he's wondering, how are my teachers going to respond? And he watches them, 
It says they got angry. They they gnashed on Stephen with their teeth, and they determined to run upon him and with one accord and stone him. And he's watching this thing. And here, will you hold our coat? Uh, Saul, you're one of the young guys. You're too young to stone, but just hold the coats here. And he's holding the coats, and he's watching the whole thing. And what he's observing in verse 59, while they're stoning Stephen, Stephen, instead of saying, you dirty, rotten, miserable, good for nothing, if I, if I had a gun, you know, he's saying, uh, God, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge with a smile on his face. And then he fell asleep. He died. And, and I think what Saul is doing is he's looking and going, who is this young guy? I've never seen him here at the temple studying with my leaders. I know this guy, you know, followed Jesus for a while. Then he followed to Peter. He's been in the upper room with Peter. He's been serving at this little thing called the church there. Why does he have such joy and contentment? And I don't. And this, this is bothering me. Yeah. And, and the Lord was... I mean, why, why is, I, I'm religious and I'm a fanatic and I'm mad and angry. This guy is calm with joy and peace. Doesn't he, make sense to him. Yeah. And it was bothering him. And I think Jesus could see that in his heart. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I totally agree with that. He was bothered by that. And anyone who sees someone be tortured yes. and take it like that, gracefully. That's supernatural, man. That's supernatural. That's the spirit of God. That, that, that would prick to anybody yeah. who's involved on the wrong side of that. Make you start questioning, what am I following? Right. <laughs> Why am I, this guy seems on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. And so here on this road to Damascus, when he sees the light and he hears the voice and he says, uh, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And, and the answer is, interesting because it doesn't say the Lord said, I am the Messiah or I am the Christ, right? Or I am the anointed one. He could have said a lot of things. No, he said, I am Jesus. Yes. Yes. Then he knew specifically exactly who he was talking to. Now, now that question, I mean, this is, this is a great question. Um, Saul said, who art thou Lord? That's a good question for anybody. I mean, I think Amen. that's the first question that will take anyone's heart in the right direction. Uh, not, is my church the right church? Or do I have the proper traditions? Or uh, what commandments do I need to keep? But when you finally look upward and go, God, are you there? Who art thou? Who are you really? Amen. Because the point of the Bible is for the soul created by God to know the one that created it personally. It's Amen. a personal relationship, right? Amen. Amen. And God wrote a letter to us yeah. explaining who he is, who Jesus is. It's the first seven chapters of the Gospel of John. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Right? The yeah. first seven chapters of the Gospel of John is all about who is Jesus. Yeah. Right? Amen. And it's easy reading. Easy reading. Yeah, in they King call James it the Bible. period of consideration. God wants you to read it and to consider the truth that... Who's the Lord? Well, it's this Jesus right here in the Gospel of John. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lord says, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And the reaction here is very interesting because in verse 6, I marked verse 6 in my Bible. Why? Uh, for one thing, 
most of verse 6 is missing from these other Bibles oh that I have in the stack here. Oh my gosh, how can if you it, take these key verses I, out? I have my old NIV Bible, a New International Version, the uh, Catholic Bible, and the New American Bible. Most of verse 6 is completely gone in yes. these Bibles. Now why? It, 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 let, me, let me open to it and read what it actually says. In the, in the Catholic Bible, verse 6, uh, it says... Who are you? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, sir? The, sure. re, the reply came, <laughs> I am Jesus Lord. whom you are persecuting. Verse 6. Now look in your Bible. If you have a Bible at home, look in your Bible. Verse 6 of Acts 9. According to the Catholic Bible, it says, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. That's all it says in verse no, 6. Verse and in the is... NIV Bible, it says almost the same exact thing, but it's missing two-thirds of the verse. Sure. And what is it? What's the meat in that first two thirds of the verse? Well, Saul was trembling and astonished. That's his reaction. When he found out the answer to who is the Lord, the Lord is Jesus. Amen. Uh, he had always thought the Lord was Jehovah and Jehovah alone. And he's getting the recognition that, oh my goodness, Jehovah is is Jesus. Jehovah sitting on the throne came down and manifested himself. God was manifest in the flesh. That Jesus wasn't just a regular man. That was the God man. I mean, that was an astonishment to him, something that made him tremble, probably thinking, I, I was no more than 40 feet away from him a few years ago at Passover. I could have gone up to him, talked to him personally, and I just ignored him. Uh, and I'm persecuting his disciples. And it shows that he believed it. Oh, yeah. Because it could say, it could say he scoffed at it. It could say he <laughs> scorned, he, he, he mocked. scorned, he mocked or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, he trembled and he was astonished. And then he asked this amazing question that just happens to be missing from the modern Bibles. It's in the King James. In the King James Bible, he says this amazing, he says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That's a great question Amen. to ask the Lord. Amen. I mean, what more? How, how better could you put it? You know, I, you know, I, I look at uh, the numbers and, and the listeners. We learned a number of years ago, and, and many men st study this before us. Don't think we fell on this. Uh, back in the mid-1800s, a man named Bullinger started to observe how certain numbers are used in the Bible. Not all the time, but they have certain meanings to them. And five in the Bible is a number that's connected to grace, to receiving the grace of the Lord. I mean, there were five wounds in Jesus out of which the blood flowed and the flowing and the shedding of the blood of Christ brought the grace of God that brings salvation. And in the fifth one, he's saying, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus. That's him receiving the grace of salvation. Six is the number of man. And men were made by God for the purpose of bringing pleasure to God, glorifying God, and serving God in this short lifetime here. Amen. And in the sixth verse, he says, what wilt thou have me to do? In other words, now that I'm saved, how can I serve you, Lord? Right. And, the, and the Lord begins to give him the first instructions for service. And the salvation, John, isn't just about getting saved and going out and having a good time. It's about now that I've been adopted into God's family, what can I do to serve my heavenly father and my Lord? Amen. What can I do to make him happy? You know, also, Jerusalem wasn't that big of a place. I would have to think that Saul, um, like you said, he might have been 40, 40 feet away from Jesus and didn't do anything. But I'm sure he knew about his, 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 uh, his crucifixion. Oh, he was there. And yeah. I bet you he was glad. 
I bet you, I bet you that this, this, what they, what they used to call Jesus, this, um, uh, Male the Pharisees, the Pharisees and, and, would, yeah, 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 you know, and, and, uh, and, um, and then, you know, again, he had such a, such a hatred. So when he found out that this malcontent that's been pulling the people away had, was crucified, he probably had a good riddance attitude. So you could only, and I only say these things because me, when I, when I like to read deep, I like to sometimes feel, feel what these people might've felt yeah. because they were people. You're a method actor. I'm a method actor. <laughs> <Stanislavski>. <laughs> you know? But I do, I do. I try to, um, without, without clouding and, and using light, but you, you know, how would you, how would you feel? To consider that, yeah. yeah. To consider, I mean, how, and then so trembling, he had to be really trembling. What? Yeah. Oh, you know, and, and again, and again, it, it, you know, and it, it's a shame in Catholic Bible because he doesn't, God, Jesus doesn't say, get up, go into town, and I'll tell you what to do. He answered his question. Yes. He answered, he, our God answered his question. What will you have me do? I mean, it, it, evidently that Bible, whoever wrote that Bible felt that the question didn't matter because Jesus was going to say it anyway. How do you know that? Well, Jesus might have said something different. This yeah. this is very important stuff. This Paul, the Apostle Paul, who is Saul here, he wrote most of the New Testament of the whole Bible, yeah. fourteen books. Amen. And Amen. and this is the moment in time when he gets saved, and then he retells his testimony of this later in Acts yeah, chapter three twenty-two, yeah, yeah. And, and I think in Acts chapter twenty-six. This yep. is very important. Yep. Why would you rip that out of the Bible? You know, unless you have again, a problem with it. Again, and and you talk about discipleship, Mike. I mean. Paul later on says, you know, I'm the least of all the apostles, but he actually said, he said in kind of tongue in cheek, but he works the hardest of them all. Well, well, he did afterwards. You know, because no, he, I, cause he, he didn't, he didn't walk with Jesus. Uh, he didn't walk with a, um, a, a human Jesus, the spiritual Jesus he did, uh, well, which is probably better. Well, af, you know, af, but, after, but again, after Calvary. After Calvary, yeah, yes. and, and so yeah. he, so and he, he said he worked. I'm the least of the apostles, but you know, I really, I think that's why he always had that sorrow because he knows in his heart, you know. Well, he was again. He had a warrant to go to Damascus to find men and women to bring them back bound in shackles and chains to Jerusalem where they were probably going to undergo a trial similar like Jesus, a rigged trial, and who knows what would have been done to them. And, And I think Saul, believe it or not, he's astonished and trembling. I think what was happening, he was a reader of the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament in chapter 13, uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 13, he was uh, told that if there arise among you a prophet and he gives you signs and wonders, even if the sign and wonder comes to pass, and what he's basically saying is, let's go after another God, which you have not known, and serve them, you shouldn't hearken to the words of that prophet. You can even put that prophet to death, it says later in the chapter. And he was probably thinking, well, I've been taught from the time I'm a little boy, in, in the great book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, the Shema. Hear, yes. O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's only one Lord. It's the Lord Jehovah. Now, what we're learning and what Paul learned was God is three in one. Right. There's the Jehovah, the Father, there's Jesus, the Son, and there's the Holy Ghost. And he actually thought, this, these people, these disciples are running around saying there's this new God, Jesus. There's this new Lord, Jesus. This isn't right. right. I've got to be zealous for my religion. Exactly. And he, he thought he was doing right in his ignorance and confusion. 
a zealot, a confused zealot, Jesus illuminates him and says, you want to know who the Lord is? I'm the Lord. And he's trembling and astonished. Go, what the heck have I been doing? Oh my gosh, I've been going in the wrong direction. What will thou have me to do? I'm going to put you on a new direction. You go and you wait and I will tell you in a little bit what Amen. I'm going to do with you. Yeah. Amen. Oh, well, yeah. we got time for a little more. Oh, okay. I got a minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we made it up to verse 10 here in, in Acts 9, but, uh, he has this experience, and like I said, this is a testimony. Yeah, amen. And, and when somebody, like in my own case, you know, I, I was religious when I was young, and I went to the Catholic Church. I was an altar boy. I went to Catholic school. But I had a moment in time where hearing the preaching of the gospel that I received Christ. Sure. And I recognized that I'm a sinner, and, and he's holy. And if you ask, he'll take your sins away. Let me let me go with that note. So I, too, was a young Catholic. You, you mm -hmm. were, too, John. And I remember doing things in zeal that I was taught to do. Go, put the quarter here, light the candle here, pray to this saint here. And if Jesus came behind me, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. And you're not to pray to anyone else. You're only to, I'd be astonished and trembling too. Amen. Oh my God, I was taught wrong. Amen. And and I, I was my in my zeal. Yeah. I want my quarterback. The most important thing. But, yes. But, you know, this happened to Paul in... in, in um, Mark, you said it. this is his testimony because in, in uh, chapter 22, yes. uh, he went ahead and um, what king was it? I guess it doesn't matter. But, um, but uh, he went over this and he gave his testimony yes. word for word. Yes. This, this is what happened. Amen. And, yeah, he, um, he tells it in front of kings and he tells it in front of other audience, Acts 22 and I think Acts 26. Why? Because it's important. It's his spiritual life. Yes. That's how it happens. Everybody's to me. got a physical life. That's his testimony. This in Acts chapter 9, the road to Damascus, Paul starts his spiritual and again, life. And 22 which is, is great. Eternal. 22 is great because he goes on to tell what he was feeling then. He said, I persecuted. I was yes. going, you know, but he said, I, I buying delivering it to prisons, both men and women, because of this way. Yeah. And uh, this is exciting stuff. We're going to continue next week on the Acts of the Apostles and watch how God is going to build his church using people. And you're out there today. Why don't you ask the Lord, who art thou, Lord, and what will thou have Amen. me to do? Amen. And until next week, do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is true. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.